Welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. The topic for today's Your Best Riding Life is So You Want to Be a Writer. I can't think of anyone else I'd love to have on the program to discuss this topic. She's a good friend of mine, Linda Gilden. Linda is an award-winning author, speaker, editor, and writing coach. She's the author of over a thousand magazine articles and dozens of books. Linda seizes every opportunity to take writers to the next step in their writing journeys. Linda especially loves every minute spent with her grandchildren a great source of writing material. I must concur with that. We encourage you to check out the show notes. It's going to have all of Linda's contact information and her wonderful, wonderful downloadable gift that you're going to want from today's broadcast. So let's welcome Linda Gilden. Linda, it's good to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, I love the topic of the show, Your Best Writing Life, because I think the writing life is the best life. (laughs) I think that's why we chose it. With Diane and Edie, we were kind of going around in our mind, what what do we really want to give our listening audience? And we wanted them to experience the best that God has for them in their life. And so it wound up being, yeah, your best writing life. So I'm I'm glad that you like that. (laughs) Well, Linda, I have a few questions here for you today because we'd love to get straight into the content. So I'm going to give you a little scenario and I'm just going to let you cut loose with it. All right. So here we go. Suppose I saw you in the grocery store and I told you that I wanted to be a writer because I knew that you wrote. What would you say to me? You do not know how many times this really happens. Uh, When you go to the store and people know you're writers and they have just had this inkling of an idea of a book for so long and they have never known who to ask, they see you and pow, how do I do this? You know, that could have been me in the grocery store because there was a time before I knew what to do that every time I saw somebody who I knew was a writer, I just longed to pick their brain. I wanted to know everything they knew. I searched the libraries, and honestly, the books in the libraries at the time I started writing were so outdated that the information there really wasn't much help. I asked several people that I knew, and they seemed to guard this secret of how to be a writer very carefully. And I think things have changed along the way here a little bit because people aren't quite as secretive about how you do this anymore. I think the mindset has swung from, oh, well, I'm doing this and I can't share my secret because everybody will want to do it, over to the fact that, you know what, God gave me this gift. God has helped me along this path myself. I want to help somebody else reach that point. So I would think that the first thing in the grocery store, I would have a little chat, of course, with them, but I would encourage them to seek out a mentor, somebody that they have they know that writes that might be willing to walk alongside them someone who writes the same type of material that they want to write because it's not going to help you if you want to write nonfiction books to enlist somebody who writes short stories because those are two different genres and that will just be a lot of extra material that you won't understand in the beginning later on that might work really well but i would encourage 
uh, those in the grocery store and all of those who are listening who want to be writers to find somebody who can help them. Uh, If you can't find one person, search for writers groups in your area. There probably are many. There are not many big writers groups around, but there are a lot of small ones that you can learn a lot from the people who are with you. Um, I think just to begin to read the kind of books that you want, I would tell my grocery store buddy to read in the genre you want to write because, and read good books. Don't just read because it is the genre, but if you get a chapter in there and you think this book is just not helping me much, Go to another one who you know is really a strong writer. Look up the people who are number one in your genre and read those people and analyze that book. Find out why that book is so popular or why that author is so successful. It's because they've done just what you are beginning to do here. They have taken a writer's journey where they have spoken to people who can write They have found people who can mentor them. They have sought out groups of people, and they've tried to educate themselves as well. There used to not be many courses at um, places like community colleges and those sorts of venues, but now there are. Uh, I taught for a while at a community college where I live, and when I first approached them about it, they said, nobody wants to learn how to write. And I was like, I've afraid you're wrong. I said, I think there are a lot of people who really want to do this. They just don't know how. And the first night, absolutely. Yes. And the first night of my class, it was standing room only. And so I did that for several years. And I, I just, I'd love to help people learn for the very reason that I shared earlier. There was not much when I started and I want to see if I can help somebody make it a little easier. So God has really given me a heart for helping people to get started or helping you to take the next step on your writing journey. You have given us quite a few different opportunities right here. We can seek out local mentors, see if there's someone in in and around us that's already a successful writer, but making sure that they're writing in the genre that we want to write in and in other words, right, we want we don't want to go, as you mentioned, don't go to a person who writes poetry if you're wanting to write fiction. Find right. someone when, who is matching you. Yes. And when you find a sentence that is just makes you go, oh, I want to write like that. Analyze that sentence. Study that sentence. Why does it give you that ah feeling? What is it that makes you pause and go, that is beautiful writing? Uh, I remember one time when I was reading a book uh, for the first early in my career, and I was reading to try to figure out this this exact thing. We were at the beach, and I was sitting on the beach with my family, and I came across this sentence. And I went to each one of my family members, and I was like, listen to this sentence. And, of course, they looked at me like I had three eyes. They're like, what in the world is (laughs) so big deal about that? But it was just the way it was put together, the way it communicated, and the way it was so succinct and used so few words to say so much. Well, this is fabulous so far. I really like this. So here's another question for the beginning writer. Let's say I made A's all through high school and college. Doesn't that set me up to be a successful writer? Because I kind of know the industry of the language and have some writing skills. Aren't I just good with that? English teachers are great and they're wonderful and often the favorite teacher of students. To say that they have really set you up for a writing career 
is a little bit of a stretch, and here's why. Number one, the rules for writing change. Now, my fourth grade teacher told me when I was struggling to diagram sentences, she said, if you'll just learn this, you'll never struggle with sentence structure again. Well, little did she know I was going to be a writer, and little did I know that all these rules she was teaching me were going to change. Rules about commas, rules about diagramming, rules about using certain kinds of words here and there. All of that changed. And part of the reason for that is English teachers' goals are not to have you published. They are to get you to where you have a command of the language, where you can write and speak beautifully, but their goal is not to get you published. And there are so many different rules for publication that never make it into the English classroom. So that can be a little bit of a, a setback to people who think, well, I've, I've used English teacher. I mean, I made an A, you know, in all my English classes. I could write. My teacher said this was beautiful. That's great. I do not belittle that in the least. And it will give you a great foundation to start. But you've got a lot more work to do to become a published writer. Another thing that goes along with that is that um, once we become writers, and this would be a whole nother topic for sure, but let me just mention this, that when you go, uh, you finish your first piece and you think, I really probably need an editor to help me make sure that I have my commas in the right place, that I'm using the right style book, that I'm using this, that I'm doing this so that it will not just get hung up on an editor's desk and then eventually end up in the trash can. People go to their English teachers for this. And to all the English teachers out there, I respect you and I honor you and I do not belittle what you are doing. But to expect an English teacher to know all the rules of publication and to be able to edit your material for a publisher is is sometimes expecting a little too much of them. You need to find an editor who studies the style books who knows the current publication rules. And unfortunately, these rules change from year to year sometimes. Sometimes it's every other year. But those rules also change. And so that part of it is a little hard to understand because we all of our lives, until we get out of school, we think English teachers are the place that we need to be if we're going to write for publication. I did not major in English. I don't know a lot of people, although I do know some who are writers now that majored in English. But it's a great major to have, and it will serve you well as a writer, but you're still going to have to learn some things. Well, I have a question. Okay. If we want to know the current publication rules, where do we go to find that? That's a great question, and it depends on what kind of writing you're doing. But for the most part, now I write a lot for the Christian Inspirational Market. That market generally uses the Chicago Manual of Style, which is a big, fat book that's very expensive, but they have it at the library. They have they have it online. There, there are other ways you can get it besides buying the book. I do buy the book because I like the big, fat index that helps me find things I want very quickly. So it helps me to have the book. You do not have to purchase it every year. However, those rules will change. And one of the things that changes the most is that Oxford comma, that serial comma, the comma that goes before and. I don't know what your English teacher taught you about it, but that over the last probably 12 years, it's changed three times in the Chicago Manual style. So you need to know what the current 
deal is with that comma, for one thing. There are other things that they change as well. But the Chicago Manual of Style will tell you what to, what you need to know. Now, there are some publications and some denominational publications are this way. They use the AP Manual of Style because they're considered more of a newsletter or a newspaper, even though they look like a magazine, to their denomination. Um, if you're doing academic stuff, there's the Turabian. I mean, they're just a bunch of them. And so you need to know which one to use and then focus on learning those rules. Just don't hold them too tightly because some of them are going to change. Okay. Well, that's, that's a great resource. Thank you for that. Uh, tapping into that, if I'm a writer and I've written my first three chapters of fiction, or excuse me, of, of nonfiction, and I'm wanting to create a proposal and send it in, aren't the publishing houses that look at my product, don't they have their own editors where they can kind of look at it and just, you know, make some of the grammatical changes? Do I really have to focus on that before I send in my product to, to a publishing house? You would be very wise to focus on that before you send it to a publishing house. And here's why. Number one, in the last few years, publishing houses have had to downsize. So they don't all have editors, as many editors on staff as they used to. They do, some of them use freelance editors, which is a great thing now. But that also means that they have to send your work out and pay for someone to use it. They also receive multiple, multiple, multiple submissions every month. And while your idea may be a great idea, if it's not written well, and if it's not what they call clean, if you've not followed the current rules of publication, it's going to stand out against some other manuscript that is clean. That means that an editor or someone, it could be you yourself, has gone through it, made sure there are no mistakes in it. And then when you hand it to the editor, he or she will look at that and he will go, this is great. It's not going to cost me any more work. The idea is a great idea. It's well written. And and you have a really good chance of publication at that point. But that's one of the reasons that you want to have yours, particularly in the beginning. If you get an editor to edit your work when you first started sending articles, let me just say articles instead of books for this point. Um, if you get an editor to edit it, and make it so that it stands out, that the editor at the publishing house is going to remember you. If you send a book proposal for a nonfiction book, as you mentioned, and that book proposal is done exactly like they want it, with no mistakes, they know that you're a good writer, they know you follow the rules, and they believe that when you send them a full manuscript, it's going to be clean, it's going to be well done, it's going to be well written, and you increase your chances there of successful publication as well. Now, one thing that new writers probably don't know, you mentioned submitting a nonfiction book. For doing that, you have to write a proposal. And this does not mean a paragraph telling them what your book is about. There is a format for book proposals. And most publishers have their format on their website. So if you're going to write a nonfiction book, go to the publisher that you think might be a good fit. And this is this is work. There's a lot of work to this, but it's part of the process. And every time you do it, it becomes a little easier. So go to their website, look and find out what their submission guidelines are and see if they have a submission form, because every publisher is a little different. They may want a certain version of the Bible. And that's important, because if, if you send a proposal in 
and you have used the NIV, and this publisher clearly states in their guidelines that they only want the KJV, already that's kind of like they look at that and go, well, this person didn't read the guidelines. And that is the first thing you should do when you're submitting anything is read the guidelines for the publication, whether it's articles, whether it's books, whatever it is. You need to read those guidelines and make sure you are sending to the publisher what they have asked for. It's on their website most of the time. We're talking about traditional publishing. What if we have writers and they're like, I'm going to self-publish my book. So just for a moment, if you can kind of give us a little bit on insight in that area, they want to self-publish and the importance of making sure that everything is done well, even to these standards, if we're self-publishing, would you address that? Same rules apply as far as whether or not it should be well done, whether you should edit it and have it edited and make it just as good as it can be because publishers are aware of self-published books. It's not that they just push them to the side. And on occasion, publishers will even look at a self-published book. If it has high numbers, high sales, then they might look at that book and go, well, we might like to take that book and republish it under our label. But even if you're doing it just for yourself, whether there are a lot of mistakes in there or not is a reflection on you and your standards for writing and the kind of work that you want to have your name associated with. Uh, There's so many things that you have to consider with self-publishing versus traditional versus independent, all these things that um, you can't begin to get them in here. But remember that for self-publishing, it has to be just as good as if you were going to send it in. And there are some self-publishers as well, because they want high standards, you've got to do a proposal and send to them too. Now, if you don't want to do all that, you're looking for a printer. You're not looking for a publisher. You can do it yourself, take it to a printer, have it printed, and you have a book. But if you really want it published by a publisher who is a self-publisher, because they will provide you with like a project manager and people who will guide you through this process. And they want it to be as good as it can certainly be because once they have self-published it, they still have a label and a brand and imprint. It's going to be on that book with their name on it. And so they want it to be as good as it can be. Writing with excellence is something we need to do no matter what genre, what length of thing we're doing. We need to always try to do the very best that we can. All right. Well, here's here's a question that every every writer once answered. I, I know it is. Can I make a living writing? Well, the short answer is yes, you can, but you have to be very committed. You have to work very hard. You have to diversify what you're doing most of the time. You have to, I mean, in other words, you can't write just articles or just books. Now, there's exception to these, but most of us If we write books, we're probably going to supplement them with articles or some other form of writing just to keep the awareness out there of our books and that we are out there as writers. It helps to build up your platform so people will recognize your name. So you can make a living writing. I would not recommend that you quit your day job and then decide to make a living writing. I would go ahead and start writing right at night, right on your breaks, write whenever is convenient for you and build up some credits with your publishers. Get to a point where you're you're making a good bit of money and you feel like if you didn't have that day job and spent all day writing, 
and probably all evening as well, then you might be able to make a living writing. I don't remember the statistics. It's very, very low of the number of people who actually make a living writing. You had mentioned article writing for those writers that have been in the industry for a while. If we have a listener today that is like, I I would love to have some articles in some magazines. I know I really, I'm going to bring you back another time because you have an amazing book out called Articles, Articles, Articles. And so we'll have you back on to speak specifically to article writing and how you can do that. But if someone wants to write articles, how do they establish themselves really as an expert? Because I know that's one of the things that a publishing house will be looking for. Is that true? Or can someone just write articles on a topic and submit them even if they don't have anything backing them up as far as that being an area of expertise? Articles are a great place for new writers to start. And most of us have some area of expertise. Maybe it's healthy eating. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's how to write. Maybe it's how to get your washing machine not to eat socks. But all of us have some kind of expertise that we could share with other people. And so that's a good place to start because you hear a lot in the writing industry when for beginning writers, write what you know. That's easy because you don't have to go interview people. You don't have to research a lot because you already know all this stuff. So I would look for a market for something that you already know a lot about in the, in the very beginning and start out there. It might be a humorous piece if you're a young mom. With small children, they always look for funny pieces, humor. Humor could sell in almost any genre. But look for the places that you could fit in. Maybe you're a devotion writer. Devotions are shorter, and sometimes you can pop a lot of those out in in a short amount of time. But don't let them fool you. Just because they're short, they're not necessarily easy to write. Articles are just such, I I began writing articles because my children were small and I generally wrote in my head all day long. And then when I put my kids down for a nap, I would sit down at the computer and spit them out. Just those words that had been going in my head. And then when the kids waked up, here I went again. So I would start somewhere with something that seems manageable to you. If you're a young mom or if you're a businessman and you're busy, busy, busy all the time, don't start with a three to 500 page book. You're setting yourself up for failure. Do something that is doable for you right then while you are learning the tricks of the trade and set yourself up for some good success during that time. Those are great tips. This has been really good. I'm going to ask you, as we are finishing up our talk today, if you can give our listeners one short tip that would boost their best writing life, what is it that you share with individuals? Probably my favorite tip comes from Martin Luther. He said, if you want to change the world, pick up a pen. And I truly believe that our words as writers can change the world one person at a time. And it's not going to work unless we do pick up our pen like that's what he had to do. But we've got to get our computers charged up and get ready, search markets and do all those sorts of things. All of us have been given a message. God gave us a message that he wants us to share with the world. And whether it's a solution to a problem or whether it's a deeper spiritual study or, or what, he 
has given us that message. It's been entrusted to us, and we need to prove worthy of that trust by getting that message out there to the world. So if you want to change the world, pick up a pen. I love that. In essence, you're saying, too, if you want to be a writer, write. Exactly. There's really no other way around it. I mean, there really is got to write. You just got to write. You just got to do what you're going to do. Okay, so I know that you're going to be sharing a free download for our listeners. Just give us just give us a hint here because everyone you're going to be able to go to the show notes. We're going to have all the information about Linda Gilden, how you can contact her. We'll have some links that you can follow as well. I know that she has a download. What's it called? It's called the First Time Writer Checklist. And this just gives you a list of things. If you are starting out writing and you need to know what to assemble at your little desk and and what you need to get, how you need to approach it, or maybe I may even stick a few tips on there where to find a good first market, which would help guide some of our new writers uh, to a market where they could actually submit an article or probably just an article. Let's don't start with a big chunk book, but let's maybe say a smaller article. And um, so hopefully that will help some people. And I would love to get to know them in that way. Oh, they're going to love it. So take a look at our show notes when we're finished here. Click on the links, get more information, get filled up to overflowing so that you can walk out your best writing life. Linda, it's been so fun having you here with us today. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to the next time that we have you on. Oh, me too. This will be a blast. We have yes. you have so much to give and so much to cover. So this will be this will be amazing. Well, everybody, just thank you for joining us today. Be encouraged that no matter what stage in life you're in as a writer, there is a plan for you. There is a place for you. And there is the provider who wants to ignite every aspect of your writing so that it is the best. So we wish for you, as we do each and every week, that you are encouraged to live out your best writing life.